Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the 67th episode of the podcast on August 9th, 2014. Number 67 belonging to Bob Kuchenberg, or as some announcers probably said back in the day, Kuchenberg. Yeah. That just, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> uh, he was an offensive guard for the Miami Dolphins during their 1972, you know, perfect season. Mm-hmm. And uh, so his name got me actually thinking of another athlete's name who's probably had his name mispronounced. Uh, the defenseman spelled his name uh, in the NHL, U-W-E-K-R-U-P-P. And so announcers said, U-E Krupp. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you know German like Mr. Kuchenberg there uh, Uva is how you say that first name spelled U-W-E yeah. of Deutsch uh, no instead they just pronounced every sound there Yui versus Uva <laughs> Yui well anyway it has been about a month since our last episode of Down the Sidelines. We do apologize for that. It's been a slow month and away in the week of sports. It's kind of when things dull down a little bit in the four major sports. We've also been working a lot with the aforementioned Show Me Your News Network, as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, we now have a brand new webpage as of today at showmeyournews.com. Looks, I think it looks really nice. It gives a more visual representation to our stuff and the rest of the shows under that network. And if you're on your cell phone, if you're on your mobile, you know, there's a, there is a clear mobile version. There is a mobile yeah. version. We also have a Patreon mm-hmm. over at patreon.com slash S-M-Y-N network. And that's where you can give money monthly to help uh, the Show Me Your News network grow and become better for you. We also have different benefits. And for down the sidelines, because there are benefits for each show, if you contribute $40 a month, We'll be giving you a personalized breakdown of a game or match for the sports team of your choice every time we record an episode. Only a few minutes long, but you know, kind of something personalized just for you. Yeah, I mean, like you, you know, even and you know, we talk about football a lot, but if that's not your thing, any team that you want to talk about, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we can't promise, you know, if your your favorite teams like, uh, you know, say Arsenal. <laughs> over in you know, the UEFA for football, uh, we can try. It it might not be as detailed as you would hope, but there we go, can give but, it a shot. But it'll be just for you. Yeah. So, Joel, we're getting the quick hits. Since it has been about a month, we have several of these here before jumping in three biggest sports stories of the time in the red zone. Starts off with Wimbledon. Yeah. And uh, when I hosted the show last time, we were talking about Wimbledon. It was right before... I believe the ladies' final, and it was Patrick Vidova who ended up uh, beating Eugenie Bouchard in that match. And that was surprising because Bouchard came in as the clear favorite. Vidova had won a championship at Wimbledon before, and so but what, like the seeding wise, it was pretty 
It was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kvitova was seated higher, but Bouchard was the darling of the tournament, you know, winning, you know, having these several really good upsets and playing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Djokovic and Federer played a great match, and uh, Djokovic just outlasted Federer at the end. It was getting to be one of those all-time classics, not, not really on the verge of the Federer-Nadal match or Federer-Roddick match, yeah. uh, but getting up there. But what about the tear that Rory McIlroy's been on? Oh my, it's like, I just, everywhere I look in the news, it's like, well, I mean, I, I, I don't think anybody's going to beat him. He'd have to play awful, and that's just not happening, so. He won the Open Championship, or the British Open, the Open Championship, as, as we like to say. <laughs> uh, right now, in the third round of the PGA Championship, he is tied at ten under with Jason Day through five holes in the third round, and he had a he had a great round yesterday. And even mm-hmm. the tournament after the Open, he won that too. Uh, it's it's definitely becoming the trend where it's getting people talking. You got to get Jack Nicklaus on interviews and saying, "Is he the next one to to challenge your record?" Because Tiger Woods is falling off that track in a hurry. Yeah. Oh, def- oh man, what was that the other day? That like he like kind of needed help to get out of where he was. It was last week, I believe. He was at the Bridgestone, mm-hmm. and he had a drive or a swing, and you know, tweak something in his back, and he had to you know DQ himself. Yeah. Just you know, withdraw from the tournament. And so it was surprising to see that you know he was he was going to be ready. He looked in like a lot of pain last week, but no, it's a major. He's going to try. Uh, he misses the cut. He goes three over the first two days. So uh, he's struggling, and it's it almost like lost that that competitive edge that he had before all of the the drama with Elon. Mm. So uh, Roy's right back up there. He is. Uh, mm. Missing the Masters before he completes the career slam. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not too many golfers have done that. Uh, though the big story with the Open Championship was that his dad made a bet with a few friends when he was 16 that within the next 10 years he'll win the Open Championship. And so Rory did that, you know, made good on it. Dad won about the equivalent of, you know, 126000 U.S. dollars or so. <laughs> so good, good for Pop. Yeah, I mean, probably doesn't need it now. No. <laughs> so with the money that he's making, but you know, this is true. This is true. Uh, the Clippers drama continues with Donald Sterling and the racist remarks and the NBA, you know, lifetime ban, and there's just legal drama everywhere because Sterling's trying to throw whatever he can, see that sticks because he's becoming a crotchety, bitter old man, and that's what they do with their money. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a ruling where Shelly Sterling, his wife now separated and can sell the Clippers to Steve Ballmer. And then yeah, Donald Sterling can't do anything about that now. So mm-hmm. that's seeming to be over, but who knows what else is going to be happening with that in the future. Yeah. Uh, well. There's even the possibility that he thinks he has some dirt on other owners. So he's going to try to let that out. Hmm. So... Watch for the shit hitting the fan when that happens. Just saying. Yeah, and, and also, <laughs> uh, 
make sure like <clears throat> because I remember this the last time that I was like uh, what was it? I was looking about something about the Seahawks and or not the Seahawks, the uh, Supersonics. Mm. Uh, um, they're both Seattle. So. Um, <laughs> Seattle Aspen. No, no, no. Um, but like oh, I was looking at some story and like the the photo that they used for Steve Ballmer's face. <laughs> it's funny because like now I just googled it again and it's right there. It's like right in the thing. They used him like with his mouth wide open, sticking his tongue out for like the. And for like the professional shot for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Microsoft exec right there, just worth billions of dollars. <laughs> he was at one time for those that interested in the crossover with the gaming world. Uh, at one time, the uh, the brand head for Xbox. Yeah, definitely. As the the temporary, you know, carryover between uh, Don Matrick and Phil Spencer. Mm-hmm. So. That's where you may recognize that name. Also, the Major League Baseball trading deadline passed, and it was a frenzy in the last day or so with pitchers. There are three pitchers that were talked about that they may move. Uh, David Price of the Tampa Bay Rays, John Lester, and John Lackey, both of the Boston Red Sox. They all changed teams. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean... You had John Lackey go to the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals are definitely a team that you know could use pitching. They're going to try to make a big playoff run. The A's are going all in, and that was surprising in a trade with the Red Sox. Sent Ioannis Cespedes to Boston mm-hmm. uh, and then got back John Lester, the, the left-hander who's been pitching better than he has in his whole career. Last year was a rough year for him. And... Uh, so the A's, you know, tried to bolster their World Series champ chances with that, mm-hmm. and then the Detroit Tigers are just like, yeah, we're gonna go get David Price, <laughs> you know, sent on center fielder, uh, you know, veteran with the team, Austin Jackson, who, in my opinion, had kind of peaked. He was on a bit of the decline, so he goes to Seattle in a three-way deal. Send uh, starter left-hander Drew Smiley, who was a, a solid starter, but. If you're going to upgrade your left-handed starter from Drew Smiley to David Price, who's one of the best pitchers in the AL this year, you do it. And so now the question is, you know, does this help the Tigers win the World Series? Are the A's still the favorite? I'm a little hesitant on the Tigers right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a team that, for as good as their offense can be, when it goes in droughts, it it struggles. Mm -hmm. And the bullpen is not that good. Best starting rotation in Major League Baseball. Yeah, last three AL MVPs. AL Cy Youngs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have the last three AL MVPs. They have the last three AL Cy Youngs <laughs> right now. It's it's stacked, and if, if this is a World Series or bust year, like the past couple years have been for the Tigers, and uh, it's they're struggling <clears throat> right now, and you can see it happening in the playoffs as well, but. You know, it is all about pitching the playoffs. It's going to get you a long way. They'll at least go pretty far. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that, that of course, that's when it all matters, really. And I think that they'll probably end up playing better than they look right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's going to be how it is right now, it's going to be, you know, likely matching up with the A's and the ALCS. Mm-hmm. And then it's a matter of, will you get the East team or will you get the Angels? 
Because the Angels are probably locking up that wild card spot. Yeah. Uh, and then in NBA news, and we'll have lots to talk about regarding <laughs> the NBA uh, soon. Stuff, stuff happened. Stuff did happen. <laughs> but uh, in the, the grotesque, uh, do we remember the, the Kevin Ware incident with the mm-hmm. NCAA men's basketball tournament and with Louisville yeah. and Mike Krzyzewski yeah. on the sidelines for Duke, the opposing team. <clears throat> Kevin Ware jumps up for a three-pointer, lands awkwardly on that elevated court, yeah. and you know, compound fracture of his leg. Uh, disgusting. Uh, just revolting. Hate to see that Oof. happen on a normal Oof. basketball play. Similar kind of thing happened with the resulted in injury. Uh, this time it's Paul George. Uh, you know, the Indiana Pacers' best player. They're trying to play in the, the FIBA you know, championships right now. They're warming up for that. Uh, you know, the I think it's every two or four years, one of the two, yeah. uh, where it's an international <clears throat> competition that <clears throat> runs every other year or every two years from the Olympics. And uh, it's a scrimmage. You know, trying to defend a James Harden layup, goes up for it, gets his foot caught under the stand, like the the backboard, the the net, little stanchion there. There's something off with it between that and the court. He gets his foot trapped in there, bends the wrong way, another compound fracture. I, the video is its hard to watch. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of glad that I didn't see the Louisville one because I was traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, like I heard it on the radio, and just hearing on the radio, the reaction was kind of disturbing. But yeah, this one, like, I, I saw pretty much right away, and oof, it's... It's, it's, not... it's a rough one because just <clears throat> this angle that it bends, you really don't expect it. But in my opinion, I, I thought the Kevin Ware one was worse because that one was it wasn't hidden or anything. You actually saw the bone sticking out of the leg. Yeah. Uh, the angle where this one was, which Mike Shashevsky being the USA basketball coach, like him being on the sidelines for both of those, talk about that's that's just it's freaky. Just, um. But the camera angle on this, when you see the leg bend the wrong way, but then he falls on the other side of the net. And so you don't see the, the bone sticking out, thank goodness. But uh, it's still a really rough video to watch. And then there's debate on, you know, should basketball players, you know, be playing overseas during time you've had a couple of players, you know, kind of remove themselves from the team that they need... You know, a break or a rest. Uh, Kevin Durant was one such example. Uh, so that's... It, it causes some discussion, but... USA Basketball, you know, you're playing for the nation, the team on the jersey. Yeah. And apparently Paul George has a... A permanent roster spot on the 2016 team. Should he recover and all that. So... That's uh, just unfortunate for him. He's probably going to be gone for the whole year. Yeah, that I'd say. It, it, it definitely completely changes his team's outlook on their season. No, no doubt. I mean, that's... And I'm sure, like, immediately when it happens, they were like, oh, well, this is... We've got to rethink how we're going to do this year. Yeah, well, then the Eastern Conference changed, but we'll get to that later in our red zone. How about we start off with the 20-yard line? Oh, yeah. Um, So this is... uh, a story involving, you know, Ray Rice. I'm sure, sure many know the Baltimore Ravens came, you know, came from Rutgers University. Uh, the just the the small running back who, 
is you know, probably one of the best fantasy players that there is. Um, he, has a, he has a lot of versatility with yeah, running the ball and um, catching it out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a story involving him being suspended for t- just two games, I believe. Was that the two games this mm-hmm. season? Yep. Um, for violating the NFL's personal contact, contact policy in the offseason under the rest for domestic violence, um, which is something that obviously is very serious. It, it is very serious, <laughs> and it was an alleged incident where he's caught on camera dragging his unconscious fiance out of a hotel elevator. And so uh, something must have happened in the elevator, and apparently cold cocked her, allegedly. Knocked her out, and then you know, dragging her around and trying to you know, lift her up, and she's just she's out of it. Uh, it doesn't look good, to be mm-hmm. honest. And you've had def- some commentators making some poor statements about all of that. Um, mm-hmm. Some think that it was, you know, well, you got to think of, how you may have been provoked and blah blah blah. Like that's it's not not the issue. Like it's never okay to lay your hands on a woman. And for the NFL to only give him two games for something like this is it's given the middle finger to the female fans of the league. The NFL does not care about you. It wants your money. Especially when on their NFL team shop they have a Baltimore Ravens female jersey, you know, diamond, and I use diamond loosely in, in quotes, yeah, like uh, bedazzled, facts, bedazzled yeah. sequence jersey for Ray <clears throat> Rice, number 27 for the Baltimore Ravens. Show how much you love Ray Rice. And I'm sure they have one for all the different stars on the teams. But you take that down while this is happening. You don't yeah, make mean, money off of his image with the female demographic. That, that brings like up another question about like any, you know, charities that he's involved with, and and any sponsors that he has. Uh, any any time you know there's something going on with the you know that you you possibly broke a law, then that that always affects everything else that's going on that you're doing, really. So. I'm sure that I'm sure he's probably involved with a bunch of advertising and charities and stuff. Well, and the NFL fans are disgusting too. I mean, especially Ravens fans in particular. Uh, it's it's just a double standard. I mean, he's he's out there at practice being introduced, and fans are applauding. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, standing ovations, like that's that's crazy. I politely applaud if you have to, but that's that's crazy for him to be cheered and you know welcomed back essentially with open arms. By the team. Meanwhile, Jim Irsay, owner of the Colts, you know, got busted a few months ago for, you know, lugging around like thirty thousand dollars worth of prescription drugs at two, three a.m. Whatever it was in the morning, he hasn't been suspended at all. So what's up with that, Roger Goodell? Wasn't there? Uh, I don't know. I thought there was like a somebody that violated. Uh, is it the, the just the drug? Well, yeah, the drug. Related. Oh no, you're, that's also uh, Josh Gordon for the Browns. And it, but it, he got like, um, I mean, it was. I want to say it was a lot more than it was two a games. Year. Yeah. And he's appealing it right now, but he was suspended a year. And granted, it it wasn't his first offense, and that's mm-hmm. part of the reason yeah. why. But 
in a league and in a nation where the two teams that went to the Super Bowl last year are in cities in states where marijuana is legal and you're busting him so heavily and um and the most revolting thing is just you know the message that it, the league is setting for women and you know female fans and it's just not acceptable i wouldn't have given ray rice a full season i think that's a bit extreme i i think even like the nfl shouldn't have to be involved in something like that but the team's not going to make any sort of stern punishment I think eight games would have been fair. Maybe a little less. I almost feel like a two-game suspension isn't really mean anything. Exactly. And yeah, maybe maybe four would have been a little more fair, but just two? <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, I'm curious in your position because you are a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you know, unabashed. You know, the mm-hmm. Ravens are the big rivals in the division and otherwise. Uh, like your opinion as a Steelers fan, what are you thinking there? Well, I mean, I don't... Uh, I I I'd say I probably I probably watched more of Ray Rice and heard more of Ray Rice than you know just the regular Steelers fan because we used to play Rutgers in in college football mm. and so I like I watched him throughout the years and like I I, I remember when nobody knew who he was I, I remember that at too, all. Yeah. Um, Rutgers had that big season. Yeah, um, he, he was kind of one of the players that was behind the Rutgers, at least having you know decent season, going to bowl games, that kind yeah, of thing. Shiano was the coach. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and uh, I don't know, like you know, so so I I see I saw like a lot more of him, and you know he's in commercials advertising for the conference, and you know he's kind of became like a figurehead of their team, and everything and i don't know i like the thing that i don't really know is i don't know if he has a history of any kind of violence towards others i have no idea about right. that so um but still i it's you know that none of that is acceptable no matter what the circumstances or who you are so um well and the league doesn't take it seriously is essentially yeah, yeah i just i don't understand why they don't that so doesn't 65% on the ESPN Sports Nation poll for the record says that the punishment is too lenient. So, go figure that one. Now, our predictive element to down the sidelines, we wonder how many games do the Ravens win this year? Now, for the record, the two games Ray Rice is missing, both home games, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, division games in Baltimore. Uh, they get their bye week on week 11. Monday night at New Orleans is a big one. We get Sunday night football mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh on November 2nd. Uh, let's see. Looking at this, judging from the team last year, I think 8-8 eight and eight is probably fair. Yeah. They can, they can do um, 8 wins. The uh, I mean, it's most of the time you, you have to look... You know, in your division, is to like what you actually think about each team, mm-hmm. uh, because they're going to be playing that those teams the most. So, um, Cincinnati won the division last year. C- Cincinnati won the division last year, but we all saw how bad they were. Yeah. At, I mean, they were completely awful in that playoff game. Um, so you got to think that they're they. They, they're making improvements somewhere. There were injuries on defense, too. You know, they're getting Geno Atkins back, their big defensive tackle. 
Well, I, I, I'd say like it was almost more uh, offense mm. in that. I mean, like they just struggled. They gave uh, Andy Dalton that conditional six-year deal. Yeah. Um, so uh, apparently he is their quarterback. Yeah. Um, even though a lot of people question that at the end of the season. Um, the Ravens, and, I feel, uh, have kind of been stagnant, though. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that the Ravens are going to make a push to the playoffs like they did last year. I don't think that's, I don't think that's reasonable to think. Um, looking at their team this year, and um, I, I just think that a lot of the teams around them are going to be better hmm. overall. Put a win number on um, it, Ben. Let's see. So, how many did they win last year? So last um, year they went eight and eight. I, and I, I don't really think they're going to do better than that. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's like seven or nine or eight and eight. Okay. So um, well, I'd say probably probably the most will be a similar record in the regular season. Yeah, and I'll say eight and eight as well. <clears throat> Over the ten yard line, the World Cup ended. I know it's been a few months, <laughs> and I know your your football fever, at least international. Soccer, football, has been wearing off. But I like to say we both called this one in the early days of the World Cup when we were making our predictions, saying that Germany would win the World Cup, and so they did. But but did we think that it would involve, uh, like, a I don't know, like a Super Mario Strikers <laughs> kind of ending? Not a Super Mario Strikers. <laughs> we didn't even think it would involve Argentina. Uh, so, so kudos to Messi and Argentina for making that far. Um, we didn't even see the shellacking of Brazil. Oh, I my, mean, my goodness. goodness. And, I mean, they... They got shellacked once, and then they got beat pretty bad in the second time. <laughs> yeah, they just, they did not care for that bronze medal game, uh, the third um, place game with the Netherlands. And at that, I mean, that's probably if you want to see like some of the most amazing soccer ever, you watch the the, the Germany Brazil match in the first half. There's like a 20 minute period where they score five goals on yeah, them. It's incredible, and, and it's this amazing. was this is the tournament favorite. You know, host country Brazil. Now, history never really favored the host country, but this is a year where you thought, you know, Brazil, and uh, you know, part of it was Neymar. Uh, Neymar oh. going out with his yeah. back injury. Uh, that that mm. was a big blow. But still, I mean, it ended up being... They still st- had talent on that team. Oh, absolutely. That, you know, kind and, of. I think a lot of people thought underperformed mm-hmm. during the, the rest of the tournament before. It was a 7-1 final. Uh, just absolutely ridiculous, and it was it was seven nothing at one point. It was it was almost in you know garbage time, stoppage time, extra minutes that Brazil got the one. It's like oh oh, oh good for you, you got it. I, I will say that you know, soccer fans could probably show a lot of other sports how fans should really act because if if that if that was the score at a American football game, you know people would be booing oh, yeah. and. And throwing stuff on the field, probably, and just, you know, you'd hear every word in the dictionary. Um, I mean, in a foreign language, if we were on the pitch, but, you know. Yeah, but Brazil's fans applauding the other team for how well they played. I think that's pretty, pretty, you know, regardless of, you know, the whole announcement at the end of the game with the safety thing. There's extreme fans everywhere, so... Yeah. That, that's one thing. That's where you see all the pictures and the people crying and the burning of flags. Oh, but like the guy, the man with the mustache and holding his trophy, and then he yeah. gave it to the German but, fan. But yeah. but at, 
overall the the brazil fans were really well be- behaved at the game and i you know i applaud them for that because i mean their team got wrecked <laughs> yeah really so i mean after they were they were crying that that's the one thing about soccer when they get the the fans that are just they're weeping it, yeah, I mean, and so them, yeah. my my question that I want to ask you is that after that, after you watched that, like, did you think it was pretty much all decided, like, from then yeah. on out? Like, I mean, it was just such a domination that you you thought nobody can beat this team. Like, I mean, I, I felt very confident with Germany as you did. I mean, we made that. I I thought it was going to be a Germany Netherlands final. I wasn't too far mm-hmm. off. The other semifinal yeah. with Netherlands and Argentina goes to a, a penalty kick. Uh, yeah. So uh, very, very close. Could have been that matchup. But I, I thought Germany was going to win. You said Die Mannschaft was going to you know, take it as well. So I think it was just the emphasis there. And uh, to be honest, that was uh, July 8th, I think the finals took place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are at least right around then. Uh, we were very busy uh, at the Show Me Your News Network with our seven years of SMYN celebration. So that was our, our anniversary and all that. So... We were busy and you know couldn't really watch the game because of uh, planned events. But I almost didn't have to see the Argentina game, and I'm glad that it ended up being an extra time and it was you know very entertaining. But I was confident in Germany, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I, I will say one thing: I, I was impressed with how the other team played because uh, you know a lot of people thought Germany was just going to roll over them. Mm. Um, and it ended up being a very exciting finish. I mean, like, that goal was amazing. Yeah, Mario. It really was. Mario Goetze, I mean, what was it? And, and that's why on the call they called him Super yes. Mario. Oh. That's the reason. <laughs> yeah, Ian Dark, that, that, the British-American football announcer. Uh, Though I, I do prefer to go listen to the, the Hispanic or Spanish <laughs> because, I mean, that is... That's where you get your goals that just last forever. I mean, do you, do you get the goals or the goals? Yes, and then and then they do it one more time. <laughs> Goal. <laughs> but yeah, it was a volley, you know, chest to foot, and it plays perfectly. It was very very well done. But you know, seeing some of those goals in the previous game, you knew that that team was that talented. Yeah, so. um, and I, I would say, like, if you overall overall look back at the, the whole World Cup as a whole, uh, definitely, I think, catching on with more people, especially where, you know, in the areas that we live, oh, um, yeah. it's, uh, and it's not, you know, it's not always connected to how well the U.S. is doing. That helps, and I'm not, I, I'm not disappointed with them at all, because, you know, they, they only lost by one to this Germany team that... Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't believe that they only lost by one to them. So. I think it was a disappointing um, showing against Belgium in the knockout stage, certainly. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, but to get out of the group of death, which, you know, beforehand, you know, stats were saying 20 to 22% chance of that happening. For them to do that, uh, very impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, proud of the team. And I think I agree with you. I think that this, you know, soccer movement is catching on slowly i'm not about to say like oh it's back it's gonna be the next biggest <laughs> thing like everyone seems to say every world cup but it's it's getting better uh, i mean i can attest that locally in ann arbor at the big house at my alma mater at the university of michigan you know earlier actually, actually just last week they hosted a a match between manchester united and real madrid yeah. and big house is filled and over one hundred nine thousand. it's an american record for watching a soccer match 
And, so. I, and yeah, the, the other thing that I think it helps with is it helps encourage kids to play soccer. Oh yeah. Um, because I know that's that's how what I grew up doing. Mm. Um, and everyone and, in my uh, town too, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and so I I think if anything, it's. You know, because when soccer becomes popular enough, like a lot of other sports, that's when you get more teams made, more groups, more um, leagues, uh, you know, like church leagues uh, popping up with basketball. Like the reason is, is because there's more kids that want to go do this stuff. So, yeah, I think that's good. Absolutely. So let's make the play here. Will the United States progress any further at the next World Cup? Well, they're... Say they'll have a new goalie. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh. Just, you know, Tim Howard <laughs> and how amazing he was. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's so. You know, it's a shame that we we won't get to see him again. But I'd say there's some hope. I mean, the thing that uh, I definitely uh, noticed at the you know near the end of the game when it actually got close, their last game. Uh, you know, they put in a, a, one of the younger players, and he goes in there and scores a goal. Yeah. So and he became what like the youngest player to score a goal for the U.S. ever. Like that, I think yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think there's some like young talent on the team. That's always good to see. Um, uh, it's just uh, I think it's it's also about like how you get grouped. Yeah, they were just is. in a rough group this year. Um, but that you know they set they they found a way to make it through. Yeah, it it's really all about as you said, what group they get put in. And it is four years away, so it is really hard to tell. But I think mm-hmm. if you at least keep the talent level of this team, if you keep it you know, neutral, I think you at least win one more. You win one game in the knockout, but then I don't think you'd go much further than that. So I think yeah. they'll go farther. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll say that too. I'll be optimistic about it. There you go. And the biggest sports story in the past month or so that we've been in our little mini hiatus the decision, part two. LeBron James is going home to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, it's really amazing that it's happening. Yep. I think I said last time that like that's what I would hope would happen because it's it's a feel good story. It would you know be the right thing to do mm-hmm. at his point in the career uh, with you know Dwayne Wade being you know, as old there and broken down as he is and. Chris Bosch, he wanted to go elsewhere. He's ended up staying in Miami along with Dwayne Wade. Uh, so Miami's definitely taking a hit. But not only does Cleveland acquire LeBron James as of a couple days ago, you have the Kevin Love trade finally go through. Yep. And Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins, Anthony Bennett. So the last two number one overall picks selected. Mm-hmm. Which uh, Wiggins becomes the third number one overall to not play for the team he's drafted by, <laughs> and uh, then also a conditional, a protected actually number one pick for next year's draft. Yeah. Uh, so I think it could be a deal that benefits both teams because Wiggins is supposedly you know one of those next superstars. But you look at that big three of LeBron James, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving. Uh, these were one of the three, like the three highest players in terms of there's like some point differential statistic that goes on out there with how much of an impact they had on their team like these were the three highest players in that category and now they're all on the same team uh, it's wild yeah and i mean a while ago we were people were saying uh, it, it was like impossible for them to even 
you know, get one of the two to bring those guys in. So now you get so. Dion Waiters and Anderson Vergeau as it stands right now to fill out that roster. That's looking a lot better than you know LeBron's last Cleveland team that he was on. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Other highlights in the NBA free agency season, which is more or less winding down. Uh, Carmelo Anthony stays in New York. Uh, how do you make that one? Maybe he just likes where he lives. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Uh, you know, there was talk of you know maybe he wanted to you know play with LeBron, but he wouldn't want to go to Cleveland. Or since his wife was on like the Basketball Wives TV show, the reality show. Maybe she liked the New York spotlight. Maybe she wanted to <laughs> hit it big. And she's like, I'm not doing that in Cleveland. Because <laughs> Carmelo's not going to win this year in New York. Yeah, he gets a little more money. But he is going to be a player as it currently stands that his legacy is going to be he wanted to get paid. He didn't want to do anything to win a championship. As much as he wants to say that, it's just not happening. Yeah, I mean, like... You gotta think that. Think about like how many more types of championships you would have had if you would have stayed in school for a little bit. Oh, that, that's true. <laughs> he just got the taste of it in his freshman year in Syracuse, and yeah, moving on. I mean, I'm I'm glad that he moved on because it went to play against him. But mm, yeah, uh, Carlos Boozer goes to the Lakers. That's gonna be a pretty weak team overall. Yeah, they got they got Swaggy P resigned. Lakers and yet uh, Randall, yeah, in the draft, but it's not going to be a good team overall. Vince Carter's still floating around the league. He goes to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I know Ray Allen apparently wants to go in Cleveland. So Mike Miller's already in Cleveland as well. Uh, Ray Allen, I think, wants to follow LeBron there. So at least that, that some, would be awesome. You get some, oh my goodness, that would be get some shooting specialists there. Yeah. Uh, Tim Duncan's obviously staying in the league. We've got on the NBA website. You can find it in our show notes here of the different teams that have acquired certain players. Greg Oden's still not taken, and he's uh, talking about domestic violence. He's, uh, there's some assault charges for him against his ex-girlfriend. So, Oh, that's right, Lance Stevenson. The Indiana Pacers player known for blowing in LeBron James's ear and Oh, when he no. was on, he was the best player on that Pacers team. Uh, now the Charlotte Bobcats. Sorry, Charlotte Hornets. It's going to take <laughs> yeah, some time to get used right. to that. It My goodness. Different. Michael Jordan owned team. There you go. How about that? Uh, hmm. Amari's back with New York. Andrea Bargnani's back with New York. Uh, but that's, that's really about it that they have on that team. But it, really, it is all about... LeBron James going back to Cleveland. He had that Sports Illustrated note. They even had different bits on ESPN Radio with Frank Caliendo reading the letter in Morgan Freeman's voice. Mm-hmm. When I was a boy in Northeast Ohio. So, did all that. And then the Kevin Love thing, it makes it, makes it big. It does. So, we ask the question. We make the play. How many titles does the Cleveland Cavalier team win in the next two seasons. Hmm. Zero, one, or two. See, I I feel like that's a lot to, to ask of, like, chemistry-wise mm-hmm. in the first year of a team. Um, this, again, they're certainly better than... The better players overall than 
they had when he was there in the past. But um, you know, it, again, it took a while for that 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 even those teams to get to that point to get to that point where they're in the playoffs competing at high levels. So um, I, I don't think the first year will be a NBA championship caliber team. Um, but the second year, I think it's possible. Um, so I'm going to say like zero to one. Okay. Yeah, got to be more mad, Joel. You got to put a number down. I will say one. Okay. I'll say that they'll in the next year. Okay. Of course, I, I some other team could pop up, so it's you have no idea. Yeah, that's true. You do have but, no idea. Because I think that season will be uh, a Kevin Durant free agency. And Washington's getting better in the East, certainly. There's talk about him maybe going back home to Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hold your breath, Oklahoma City fans. I think it's one as well. I don't think that they're ready this year because you do have a, still a very strong San Antonio team. Uh, even Oklahoma City is still very good out west. I think Cleveland's the undisputed best team out east. But when you go to the west, at least they only have to, would have to face you know one west team in the finals. They're not going through the gauntlet of the Western Conference playoffs. I don't think it necessarily gets done this year because you're right. I think you know Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, they don't have the playoff experience, mm-hmm. and you know they may not be as deep of a team this year. But I think. The year after that, I think Cleveland gets its title. I think it's going to be one title in the next two years. And he was used to playing with guys with plenty of experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you got to think that he was with one of the best teams when they were all together the past couple of years. And I, I think it's going to take even take him a while. I mean, he'll still be a superstar. He'll still score a ton of points every game and that kind of thing. But I, I think that... There's something to be said about like a little bit of chemistry. I know it's a little bit different in the NBA than in you know college, but still, um, I think he's you. You've got to get used to the people that you're playing with. And LeBron's getting older too. I mean, mm-hmm. he's apparently slimmed down a bit this summer. Oh yeah, definitely. There were a lot of pictures of that. But the way he plays <laughs> is going to be a toll that it takes on his body. So definitely have to be wary of that. That's all we have to cover on this past month in the sports world. Uh, <laughs> There have been smaller stories, though, uh, which I did forget to add to the outline, so I apologize. You know, Becky Hammond being hired mm-hmm. as the assistant coach, one of the assistant coaches for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, that's you know Greg Popovich doing whatever he wants, and the first female you know assistant coach in the NBA, uh, WNBA player, very talented, has a high basketball IQ, and her acumen on the court is going to be you know transferred that way. So it's it's going to be interesting to wonder if, you know, one time during the season, because Popovich has done whatever he wants, and so it's almost just like a, just like a kind of, you know, last couple of years or so, whatever he wants in his career, it makes you wonder, like, is he just going to have Becky Hammond be the head coach for one game? Maybe. How is that going to work out with respect-wise with the players? I, you know, great position for her to walk into. Uh, you know, it wouldn't really work with any other franchise. Like, definitely not in New York, definitely not L.A., but... The small market of San Antonio with the team that you know is established under Popovich, that's a great situation to walk into. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely going to be in the spotlight more. And, oh, for sure. Uh, I, I'm sure that it, many job opportunities will come her way because of it. And then also the the Big Five, which almost sounds like a, a Yu-Gi-Oh plot anime in this show. <laughs> what am I talking about? 
Um, no, the, the the Power Five conferences in NCAA football, especially, uh, they're getting the rules changed. So essentially, they can almost rewrite their own rules. There are exceptions, like you know, recruiting rules and all this stuff. But it's trying to distinctly separate themselves from the other, you know, Division One football schools that operate on a lesser budget. Mm-hmm. I think this is the NCAA trying to appeal and do whatever they can to try to keep these 65 teams from not separating and going on and doing their own thing. Yep. Uh, it's it's a kind of a dangerous precedence if you want the the sanctity of the NCAA to stay intact. Because I, I think that it's uh, it, it also has to do with kind of the BCS era ending yeah. where the, a lot of those teams had a big advantage over these other schools mm-hmm. and if you're going to do like a playoff system, it's their way of putting their foot down and like trying to control that playoff system. Absolutely. But speaking of college football, in two weeks we'll have our next episode and it will be our college football prediction special. Football is right around the corner, Joel. So exciting. Yeah, like the other day I was at Chick-fil-A and um, like on all their their placemats they have the Chick-fil-A playoff game mm-hmm. stuff on there and it's us versus Alabama. <laughs> so oh, it was like coming to reality like, oh, oh, geez, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll kind of break down each of the conferences, give you divi- division winners, conference winners, you know, the first year of the playoffs, so we'll give you our picks on who those final four teams will be. The final BCS championship, not BCS, oh my goodness, it's going to take some time yep. to get rid of that. And then our national championship and Heisman winners and all that good stuff. You won't want to miss it. And then the week after that, we're doing the same with the NFL. Yeah, and the NFL has been active. The NFL has been active with, uh, with preseason starting up. I know Detroit plays Cleveland tonight. And ESPN is going to be all focusing on how Johnny Manziel does. So that's going to be a thing. I think that's right. And then uh, I know that the other day the the Eagles and the uh, the Bears were playing, and apparently there's like all these former Oregon players on the Eagles roster now, (laughs) and like they're all scoring like 80 yard touchdowns. Oh, Chip Kelly. (laughs) <laughs> like making it work, like eighty yard kickoff return touchdowns and stuff. I, I think uh, who is it? Uh, I'm trying to think what the name of the one. He he was a wide receiver for them in the past, but then also uh, the running back from there, like recently DeAnthony had Thomas? like yeah, DeAnthony. Like his first touch wow. was like an eighty yard touchdown or something. <laughs> I didn't think he ended up in Philadelphia. No, so you yep. won't want to miss the next few weeks. Uh, when we have our prediction specials, especially not putting any pressure on it. But last year, we both predicted the Super Bowl matchup. You predicted the Super Bowl champion. I'm just saying, we'll catch you in a couple weeks. With that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Have a good one.